The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey, friends, and welcome back to another edition of Afternoons with Mike. Here we are in this brand new year. It's been a fun week already. I have in the studio with me today a guest that's been up here a number of times before. Michelle Ogden owns her own company called Ogden Wealth. And she is with me in the studio today to discuss this thing called, uh, I guess you could just say it is financial wellness. That's something that I don't know if it was a Hallmark movie that put that out there or not. But this has been a recognized title for the month of January. It is a time where a lot of people make decisions about money and maybe a plan for the year maybe building a budget for the first time. All of those things happen. Michelle Ogden, welcome back to the program. Thank you for having me today. It is great to have you. Now this, uh, with that, with everything that I said there, would that be your experience, people's thoughts about January, the whole thing about making resolutions and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And we know that one of the big things that happens, exercise uh, commitments are made in January and usually broken by mid-January, I think, is yeah. what most people would say. But a lot of gym memberships begin on January, too. They spike and then they fall down. <laughs> <laughs> they spike. I think everybody just likes a clean slate and, you know, they want to do away with the past and, and do it differently, you know, for the new year. Yeah, I think you're right. And yet there is some truth to that that can be had that can be decided upon that actually would change a person's life if they only do it. So it, do you think that it's our culture? Is it just the way we are all trained through either social media or and maybe just some bad habits? I don't know if it's because people did not train their kids the way they should have gone, but there is this kind of living crazy toward the end of the year and then a, a, a little bit of sobriety happening on January 1, when we wake up and realize, I need to make some changes. Yeah, because December's expensive a lot of times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of keeping up with the Joneses, going out to dinner, doing things that maybe aren't normal throughout the year. Yeah, and that seems to exacerbate with the fourth quarter kind of building up to Christmas. But I know a lot of people spend more money than they've got money to spend on things like Christmas gifts or uh, I don't know if it's like year end, um, maybe additions to their house or whatever, but a lot of people will do that. They'll get in debt and then they start thinking about that in January and realizing, well, it's not going to be that long and maybe I'll get my, so my, uh, retirement, not retirement, but, uh, my income tax check back. And I think people start living for things like that, but it's a good time to do what I would call an honest to goodness kind of uh, inventory of where we are financially. Yeah. And with credit cards, it's so easy to not know the state of your flocks, as the, the word calls it, because mm -hmm. back in Bible times, we didn't have money, but we had flocks and we had, you know, manservants and things like that. And so it, it's very difficult now to see everything because there's credit cards. Yeah. And um, I, I realized this year, actually literally January 1, that things weren't as clear as they used to be for us personally because we had a software we were using that went away at the end of the year. It used to be free. You may be familiar with Mint.com. No. Well, Mint would aggregate everything. So it didn't matter how many accounts you had. It was all pulled in together. So there was one budget, one you know transaction page, and you knew at any time where money was and where it was going and if you blew the budget. And since that's gone away, I'm like, wow, is this how the majority of people? What what uh, caused it to go away? So Intuit apparently thought it wasn't, you know, working out for them. So they, they merged it with Credit Karma. And Credit Karma is just, it's another website, but it's really positioned to advertise more, like getting you credit cards and making sure your credit score is good. But it's not working the same way the other software did, which is very frustrating. Like, for example, you can only have one residence on Credit Karma. Well, a lot of people I know, they have multiple residents. Hmm. 
And um, so it's not as clear as it was. And that has made me realize, wow, I wonder how many people didn't even use that tool and is, and have been in the dark all along. Okay. And how can we get out of the darkness? How can we get things crystal clear where we know everything is? And so what I have found is working for us is our bank will aggregate different financial institutions into one place. Mm-hmm. Now, when you say aggregate, that's a, that's a term that... A lot of people don't use that term anymore, but it is the pulling together of different sources and kind of putting it under one form of management. Right. right? And one place to view things. Our software through our company just looks at your net worth and all of your accounts. It doesn't look at where the dollars and cents are going. And that is something that everybody kind of needs to know. And I also always get alerts. So if anything's going through any of our accounts, we're alerted in the moment. Mm-hmm. Because 30 days later, when you're looking at your statement, you may or may not remember what that was for. But it's very important to, you know, in the moment, say, hmm, was that me? Was that my husband? Was that fraud? <laughs> now, that is a word that everyone is afraid of in this time of year, fraud. I mean, that's not that's not a fun thing. But you've got to have a way of knowing something. And I'm shocked at times how many times I've talked to people that you know, you wouldn't think they would have been as out of touch mm-hmm. with their money and where it's gone as they were. But then you find out it's been months since they looked at a particular thing and someone's been in their back pocket all that time. And I've noticed that that is more often with people that have excess than those that don't. Because those that don't have excess, they are watching every penny and they know if they got a charge for $25 from the bank for something because it affects them. Whereas... Somebody could be getting charged every month something, a subscription that they didn't realize they right. still had. But if there's excess and they're not aware, it can go months, if not years. So one in your experience, Michelle, uh, I mean, all of this is kind of catching me by surprise. I'm a longtime Quicken user and whether that's a good thing or not. Oh, that's great. But I've used Quicken. Well, this is going to be funny for you. All the way back to where it was DOS based. DOS 2.0. Wow. Um, or DOS 6.0. DOS 6.0. So I used to have just the orange kind of monitor, the little small computer monitor with a blinking cursor and, you know, the, the command prompt and all of that. And that's how I did Quicken. And surprisingly, it made great sense to me. And I was able to keep my checkbook balanced and doing all of that. Nowadays, it is so much easier with the tools that Quicken has built in to do that. It's, it's really shocking. It's no reason why anyone can't keep up with what's going on. And yet with all of that, so often people don't. And in, in the information age, ignorance is a choice. There's so many ways to aggregate, whether it's through Intuit, whether it's through Dave Ramsey has, I think it's every dollar. There's another one that a lot of people rave about. It's called YNAB. You need a budget. You need a budget. Yes. Boy, we do need a budget. We do. We really do. We need to be good stewards. So now people would say, all right, I'm, I'm older now. I've, I'm, I'm doing okay. I mean, that's the, probably the one phrase I hear most often I'm doing all right. But if they're not setting aside strategically for the future, if they're, if they're in debt, they're really not in as good a condition as what they act like they are, right? No, and debt is a reflection of lifestyle. And when I learned that, that was just so powerful to me because I never wanted to feel like I was living beyond my means. Yeah. And, you know, mainly credit cards. It's not, you know, a mortgage. But some mortgages, if everybody's wallets and balance sheets were were clear and everybody could see everybody else's would you be proud of how much you spent on a house based on your income based on what you have saved and if we all live that transparency way i think the majority of people wouldn't want to show their their balance sheet you know and i feel like when you're not true to what you truly can afford it erodes at your integrity mm-hmm. and your peace of mind and it just is really where the fruit of anxiety comes now, I know that, and it may well have been you that uh, shared this a long time ago, the average person only has about $400 to their to their name in their, their savings accounts, and it wouldn't take much of a disaster to wipe out that kind of figure. So what do people, what should people be thinking about 
if they have not been a putting money aside, I know Dave Ramsey, you mentioned him. He talks about having this uh, emergency fund yes. that everyone needs to have because emergencies happen to us all. Right. They're really not emergencies. Right. They should be planned expenses or planned breakages because the air conditioner, my friend, is going to go out ultimately. Right. And Christmas comes every year. Some people treat that as an emergency. Wow. <laughs> you're kidding me. Really? Okay. Even lunchtime, sometimes an emergency. Oh, I didn't have time this morning to pack yeah. my lunch. You know, recently on his program, Christmas in America, uh, my good friend Dave Zanotti, who hosts the Public Square, he did. They did their big Christmas program this year on 1928, which obviously was the one year before the the bottom fell out of our economy and the Great Depression began in 29. But in that year, people were borrowing on margin. They were actually investing on margin, meaning they were borrowing money to put into the stock market. And, and that's one of the big things that happened. And yet, here's an ironic thing that was going on at that same time in 1928. More people were saving money on a Christmas club. You mentioned Christmas and coming every year. Well, they used to have this thing, and a lot of the savings and loans and, and banks back in the day, they used to have this thing called the Christmas club. And you would save I believe they would, you would save for 51 weeks of the year and the bank would make your savings for you on the 52nd week. If I'm not mistaken, I think that was your interest, if you will. We need to bring that back. That yeah. was amazing. Yeah. So people would put money away. And what Dave was saying was in 1928, a vast majority of Americans saved and it was something like half a million dollars in passbook savings just on in their Christmas clubs. That just goes to show how generous people are. And they really, truly want to give all year long. Yeah. The main time is Christmas. I don't think I ever hear about Christmas clubs anymore. No, have you heard that? I have not. But that's something I grew up with. I used to have my own Christmas club savings plan. Wow. Back in the day. But with technology today, but, you know, we that... can create those kind of buckets where if it's important to you, you know, where your treasure is, your heart is. If it's important, you know, put those dollars aside for Christmas. I've seen it for vacations because a lot of people love yeah. to travel. Yeah. And they send a portion of their paycheck every every pay period to their vacation fund. But yet saving is, is as old as Methuselah, yet uh, at the same time. We all know the benefit of saving and having been out of debt for years, I can tell you that it's wonderful not to have, uh, you know, a credit card debt. I'm, I just can't imagine what it's like for those that do. But I, I saw a video. Uh, it was a Dave Ramsey video and a person had called in and this young couple, she was 30, he was 29, uh, she was 29, he was 32 there are a million dollars in debt, a hundred thousand of which is credit cards. Wow. And you, you wonder how in the world can that happen? Mm. And, you know, they had tens of thousands of dollars in consumer debt with things like cars and things, and then a bunch of real estate uh, debt that they were, they were just way over their, their, Tops and they they made great money from a salary standpoint, but when you owe that much money, you're a million dollars in debt. Mm, yeah, yeah, it you just can't hardly get out of that. No, that is that is the example of like debt is a form of lifestyle. If you have a hundred and fifty thousand in credit cards, you are living beyond your means. I think I don't need to tell them that they already know. <laughs> now you deal with this when and you're working with people. What is the current average? credit card interest rate right now in the 20s in the 20s yeah. so that's what it was in uh, when Cindy and I first got married we ha we owned our home and then about a year into owning a home the economy went crazy under the Carter administration interest rates for a home mortgage went up to 21% so now imagine trying to buy a house at 21 People are yelling today about what, 8%, I think is probably real close to where things are. And yet when we, Cindy and I bought our first home, we had that financed at 9.5%, which was the going rate 
and had been the going rate for years. And Mine was eight and a quarter, and I thought I had won the lottery. Ah, eight <laughs> and a so quarter. Excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So things, you know, things are are really um, upside down right now with a lot of people, and they don't realize how important it is to get these credit cards paid off because at twenty one percent, you've got to be paying a whole lot more than the the, the minimum monthly payment to ever get rid of that thing. Absolutely. And and I feel like now, even on Amazon, if you want something, you can finance it. There's something called a firm, and I'd never heard about it until my son told me he financed his lift. I'm like, I told you not to get the lift for your truck until you could pay for it twice. And now he's got monthly payments. And then when he didn't have a job, he was freaking out and he had all this anxiety and was stressed that his credit was going to go down. And I was like, this is why we told you not to buy yeah, it. Yeah. You, know, you need to feel that pain a little while. And maybe you'll learn from it because, you know, that usually is people don't change until the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of change. Uh, that's a good one right there. The, Henry Cloud. The, yeah, okay, say that again. People don't change until the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of change. Wow. Yeah, Henry Cloud's amazing. Now, that is a good word, and we all need to write that one down. So I may have to have you, uh, we'll listen back and put that one uh, maybe on our Facebook page because that is good. So this is really a great time. It should be the time that people who have not made that change yet, and maybe they've not felt the pain enough yet, but they're going to. And a lot of people believe, Michelle, that this year, uh, you know, it's, it's a could be a great year. It could be a year where we're going to see even more people come across that, that border illegally mm. and the country that we've known. I mean, I, I have a lot of people this year told me they felt we've crossed the line mm. as a nation. And I don't know how you feel about that or not. I'm praying that we haven't. One of my, uh, one of my guests used the term we've crossed the Rubicon and meaning that, and I, I looked that phrase up and, it has quite a history behind that phrase. It's a geographical term, historical term, uh, has having to do with a river. Mm-hmm. And, and yet the, the truth is, is it's possible to cross over. Some people would say the point of no return. And I, I wonder, do you feel we are at the point of no return? Well, I don't know, but I know the book that we love and adore has kind of prophesied all of this is going to yeah. happen. And I really just always try and keep my focus on God and what he's asking me to do, whatever that step may be, even if it's painful, to just be obedient to what he's asking me to do and not to look at the waves. I feel like the the news and all the stuff going on around us is like the waves where we need to keep walking on the water, looking to Jesus and yeah. asking him, how do you want me to handle this? What yeah. would you like me to do next? And giving us the, the courage to do it. Wow. It's a good word. We need the courage. We need the commitment. Mm. And then I, I, you know, there's this old fashioned thing that just says we got to get off dead center oh. and begin it. And be consistent. I think that's my word for the year is being consistent in whatever he's told me to do. And it's one thing when you don't know, but once you know you're supposed to do something, do it, do it well, do it consistently as unto the Lord. Yeah, that's a good word. And we'll be back with Michelle Ogden, my guest today from Ogden Wealth. We'll be right back. This is Afternoons with Mike. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years experience, EC Waters is a top train comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. Palm Beach Atlantic University Orlando offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. My guest today is Michelle Ogden, Ogden Wealth. How did you get into owning your own company? 
because um, my relationship with money was so dysfunctional, I made a career out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I interned at Merrill Lynch in oh, college, vowed I would never do this for a living. And then because I could wear jeans at Charles Schwab, I went straight from college to Charles Schwab. And eventually uh, I did commercial real estate for a couple of years and then started yeah. my own firm, um, which at the time was terrifying. I actually reapplied to Charles Schwab and got a letter saying, you're not what we're looking for. And I was so confused. I was like, you were what they were looking for. I was like, I was one of the highest producing people you had. Did you pull my personnel folder? But really what God was doing is he wanted me to go back into financial services, but not go back around the mountain. He wanted me to mm -hmm. climb it with him. And so I discovered kingdom advisors and it's been the foundation of everything that I have learned and I continue to teach others about with stewardship. So wealth, and a lot of believers who maybe shun that word, it has like to a lot of people a negative connotation, but you chose to use that part of your term in your name. So how do you deal with that? And how do you answer those that say, why are, are isn't it bad if I'm aiming to be wealthy? Well, wealth, most people do think of just money and assets, but it's really everything, relationships, health. I mean, we learned that in 2020 that health is wealth. It doesn't matter if you have $10 million in the bank, you can't pay out, you know, somebody to die for you. Like I think um, Steve Jobs said, nobody will die for you no matter how much you'd want to delegate that. Um, and I, I'm big on your mental wealth because if your mindset is not free and healthy and in the right place, you know, take every thought captive, make it obedient to Christ, then you're not in a good place. And we, we at our firm talk about true wealth, which is everything money can't buy and death can't take away. Mm. And I want everybody to find that true wealth. And it may, may look different for every person. And God is creative and he has created us with unique desires. And whatever those desires may be, we have to become the person that can achieve those through his, you know, guiding and I think um, just the whole stewardship is is just so important because ownership, it all belongs to him. And when we get the ownership perspective down, it makes it so much easier. When you look at yeah. your bank account and realize none of it is ours, yeah. not just what they, you know, maybe give generously to their church or charities, but all of it, 100 percent of it is yeah. his and we steward it with that perspective and consult him on everything it it's a game changer you know i remember being a young man trying to own stuff and this concept of he owns everything was was i think just being honest it was rather foreign to my way of thinking mm -hmm. and i remember talking to a friend of mine who had gotten this revelation from god that everything that he had belonged to the lord and had a chance to walk that out one day when someone ran into his car mm -hmm. and he got out and surveyed the automobile, which beforehand he had loved the way I had loved mine. I used to be so nervous and neurotic when it came down to any odd noise that my car was making. And I'm thinking, oh, no, I'm going to have a problem here with my car. And, and what's it going to do here? And this guy got out and looked at his crumpled bumper and he made this statement, and it impacted me so much. He said, Lord, look what has happened to your car. Mm, I love that. And, and you know, it, it was, that's funny and all of that, but it really is serious too, because he realized that that is just a tool. Yes. That car is just a, a thing that, yeah, God has blessed him with. I think all of us have that. But, but if we put everything in our hearts, in our lives, into possessions that we own and we try to keep our fingers all around it, we're, we're going to have a hard time with that. Yeah. He doesn't mind us owning things. He just doesn't want those things to own us. Yeah. I've heard that before. Yeah. yeah. That's really good. And and what happens when they own us? It, it creates a lot of stress. Stress, anxiety, greed, materialism, the list goes on. Yeah. yeah. So when you are working with people now... And here we are, 2024, you're working with people to get out of where they were. When you have a client, let's say maybe a new client comes your way, what's one of the first things you do? Is there a checklist you put them through? Well, we, we give them kind of the state of the union of where they're at currently. 
and where they're headed with what they have currently and what they're doing. And then we give them the ideas of like, well, based on what you've told me, these are the, the, the changes that we would suggest. And, you know, there's so many levers and things that people can do. And really, lifestyle is the cornerstone of everything. Mm-hmm. And everybody's lifestyle number is different. So it really depends on what you value the most. If you, you're extremely generous and you, you know, you, maybe you want to stay in a smaller house so that you can give more. And every plan's unique and special, I guess. Yeah. Now, you mentioned credit card debt and the problems that brings along. When you get a person that has a lot of credit card debt, is that usually the only problem they have or is it one of many? Sometimes it is just a dysfunctional relationship with money. So we have to get their perspective on who owns it and and the why behind what they're doing out into the open. And even yesterday, I had this awesome couple in my, my office and he said, yeah, I have an issue with spending. And I was like, well, you've come to the right place. The first step is just admitting you have a problem. You can't fix something if you won't admit it's broken. Mm-hmm. And then in marriages, a lot of people want to point the finger. You're the big spender. And when it, it maybe they both have a spending issue. And they just need to get united and excited about what they do agree they want to spend money on and align their resources accordingly. It's just kind of like backing into an equation. Here's how much you make. And it's it's easy for me because I'm not in the situation. I mean, you are objectively involved. I'm not emotionally You're not emotionally involved. involved. That's right. the word I was looking for, right? Yeah, we have a saying, when you're inside the jar, it's hard to read the label. So ah, to bring someone in. I've just who, noticed this about you. You you are like are a walking proverb. That, that's amazing. <laughs> Words is my love language. So I try and make them simple so they, they stick and you hear them when, when you're, you're not with me. When you're in the jar, you can't read the label. Yeah. Very That's hard. brilliant, Michelle. <laughs> I love that. And I think we're supposed to have advisors speak into our lives and and be objective and you know compassionate and and really help them see the big picture the way God would want them to see it. You know, like well, I truly believe if God gives you a desire, He also helps you to achieve that desire in His power and His strength, yeah. not your own. When you do it in your own, that's when you go into debt and you know the bondage. I always say. The only debt we should have is to love one another. Right. That is right. That's what we're commanded, you know, to have, oh, no man, but love. I mean, that's, that's what we should be seeing, but it is so easy to get there and to really stay there in debt. And it is tough to get out. I've, I've told you before about the story. I won't go into that story now about the sticker bush in my life, but I I got in it very quickly and it, I got out of it very quickly and very dangerously. Mm. And so it is with a lot of people. We need to realize that the truth is it normally takes a lot longer to get out of death and into a place of health than it did to get into that hole in the first place. Yes, definitely. And with your finances, I really feel like just like eating right and exercise, we know what to do. And then when we don't listen to our inner wisdom and we're going to buy something that we don't want our spouse to see or we're going to do it on the download and we already know we're going to get in trouble that that is literally the holy spirit saying uh uh-uh, uh i don't think you should do that i think you should talk yeah. to your wife get on the same page why do people throw caution to the wind when they've got the holy spirit like that and maybe the holy spirit has whispered to their hearts yet i find out a lot of times in my own heart, I've thrown caution to the wind. Why do, why do we do that? I believe it's often fear and we're trying to fix something in our own strength. And a lot of times we think we need to buy a solution when really God will help you apply the solution if you consult with him. Because remember, he owns it all. He has all the connections. He owns yeah. everything on the earth. He owns your gifts and talents. So we just need to consult with him more. All right. Now, here's another one for you. A lot of people feel because they have made bad decisions and they bought things they should not have bought. So they have this notion that God is out to punish me now, and they approach God that way, and maybe even that becomes a shun factor for staying away from God. But yet that's not true, right? Absolutely not. And our brain will always find a way for us to stay stuck. It is just designed, I always say it defaults to despair. And that is not where the Lord wants you. And we serve a gracious God. And I say anything that's cost you, um, your peace is too expensive. And take that money that was blown, let's say it was a bad purchase, and look at that as the tuition to make better choices. 
Now, we know that if people own homes or own cars, they may be upside down a little bit, but there's something of value that they can maybe liquidate. We hear about that often on The Ramsey Show where he'll give advice out to sell maybe a couple of cars. Uh, But when you are in credit card debt, you don't really have stuff that you can liquidate to pay that down. What's the biggest, fastest way to get out of credit card debt? So I actually had a gal that had a lot of credit card debt and it was going to pay, it was going to take like 18 months to get out of this credit card debt. But I told her just be faithful with the little. So with work and she got all of this overtime. I want to say she was out within four to five months of credit card debt because she worked so much overtime. And not only did she make more money, she was promoted. And and it's one of those things when you're faithful in the little, he trusts you. He trusts you with much. Yeah. I, I, I don't think any of us really count on the help of the Lord. Right. And we need to. That is like the superpower. Yeah. And he is willing to help us. Absolutely. He did with me. Oh, and it was it was a painful process to get out. But I tell you, when we got out and, and you make the commitment that you're not going to go back there again. And there were a few times, even though I, I found myself back in with a little bit, of, I, I found it easier to get then back out of debt. And to that point where you go like, okay, that ain't never going to happen again like this. Lord willing, Mm -hmm. it's just not. And so God helps us and his help is much greater than what we can anticipate to get out of those things. Absolutely. He's the great multiplier. He can multiply things. He can just help you be more fruitful, more effective in everything, work, whatever it may be. Now, a lot of people are, let's say, against all credit cards. Are you one of those? No, I actually use a credit card that I get 2% cash back on. All right. There you go. Okay. So a a lot of times people need to stay away from credit cards if they have absolutely no discipline about them at all. Right. And if, and it's one of those know yourself, if you know that, that I've tried three times and I go into credit card debt, then you need to put the proper boundaries in place and go back to a debit card. So before one uses a credit card, would it be safe to say is there needs to be a commitment that you're not going to let that balance roll over? Yes. Don't put anything on the card that you know you wouldn't be able to pay off. You right. Know, start with gas or something like that. Gas and groceries that you know, that's how much I spend every month. And if that's what your goal is to like build your credit, that's what I recommend. Don't don't just start buying everything on credit. Okay. That's a slippery slope. All right. So now what comes first, getting out of debt or building a budget? Building a budget. Okay. Let's talk yes. about that. Yes. Well, you have to look at what's coming in. A lot of people don't even know how much money they make. It's pretty crazy, but it's mm-hmm. true. And then look at where it's going. Look back at least three months because some things aren't monthly. They're quarterly. And, um, and decide whether that's really where you want it to go. And you're going to be shocked at where some money goes, maybe you're eating out three times the amount which you thought you were, and you can plan on, okay, I'm going to make meal prep or whatever it is to eliminate that spending. You're right. But you really, it's kind of like stepping on the scale. You got to look at the scale and say, oh, well, I gained 20 pounds. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's rein it in. <laughs> it's right there in front of you. Right. And then it's it's kind of just a constant project that you're going to constantly be working on. I know Dave Ramsey's a big fan of if you have debt, you don't step foot into a restaurant. And I feel like I'm I'm a lot more full of grace than he is because I believe in quality of life. As long as it's planned and agreed and within reason, then you can do it. You know, I'm not most people wouldn't step in a, a, a restaurant for for years. Yeah. You know, and what if on that third year of you're almost debt free you get hit by a bus and you haven't enjoyed your life so i feel like there's anything in extremes is not healthy and not sustainable so i'm not of the mindset that it needs to be that extreme it needs to be um something that you can continue doing so your help your company who do you meet what would be your clientele how can somebody get involved with Ogden Wealth? So we do complicated financial plans for actually comprehensive financial plans for complicated lives. So a lot of our clients don't have any credit card debt, but not that they haven't experienced it in the past. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes they have you know an income flow, let's say from selling an asset, a house or whatever, and they know that their tendency is to blow it. And they come to us like, 
I need help. That was yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> Take this away from me because I know it's going to be gone like in a few months. <laughs> yeah. So many times people get inheritances. Yeah. I, I watched a uh, young couple years ago in my hometown. Uh, the dad passed away, left a, a small sum. It wasn't a huge amount, but it was more money than I'd ever seen in one hand before. Twenty-five grand, and they went through that twenty-five thousand in one month. Ugh, yeah, and wealth without wisdom leads to destruction. And I'm sure, looking back, they were like, "Oh, I can't believe I have nothing to show for that." You know. I mean, your entire inheritance at that point, twenty-five thousand. Mm-hmm. Now, had they saved that? Had they put that away? And they invested it, even in the most, well, even if it was 0% interest, at least they would have still had the money. But it was gone. I mean, it went right through it. And I think that's one of the lies of the enemies. He, enemy, he tells us that we're, we've got plenty of money now. We, we don't have to be so careful. Right. And, and that's a lie. It is a lie. And he likes lots of deception. Yeah. <laughs> he likes to keep us in the dark. But, you know, I was thinking that's often the case with like somebody winning the lotto. And that's very rare that you're going to win the lotto. But there's a saying, a small hole will sink a big ship. Yeah. And it's really our income that we need to to funnel to things of value versus to just impulsive minutia and materialism. Yeah. Because anything you buy is the amount of life you've exchanged to receive it. Right. And that people don't really take into consideration sometimes. They just, they assume, I want that item, it's X amount of dollars, and that's what I'm going to pay. But if God really wants you to have that item and you're patient, who knows? Maybe you're going to get it as a gift. Maybe you're going to save up and feel the joy of buying something that was expensive and you you earned it. You know, I mean, the days of doing that are gone. We don't have layaway anymore. We have this impulsive microwave society that wants what they want now. You know, you mentioned that that's something else that was there. I mentioned the kind of Christmas club savings accounts and layaway. You're saying that's gone. So no, nobody does that anymore. I don't, I haven't heard of it. It needs to come back. I mean, I would be a proponent of bring that back. So somebody could pay $25 every pay period. What is it about savings for some people uh, to save something a little bit at a time versus this idea that I go out and get instant gratification? It seems so, uh, I guess, so easy to get it right now. And people say, why wait? Just go and get a loan and you've got it today. Right. It's and the, then you have 36 you easy monthlies. You only yeah. live once. You know, I yeah. could be gone tomorrow. And it's like, that's another deception from the enemy. It is. Because you're more than likely going to live to like 85, 90, maybe Ooh. even 100 if you're if you're healthy. Yeah, and, there's hope for me. And again, if, if you look <laughs> at your mindset as always probably working against you, then doing the opposite, you know, when it's yeah. hard and you just don't want to sacrifice the money or the time then that's probably the best thing to do. My guest today is Michelle Ogden. We'll be back with one more segment. This is Afternoons with Mike. Pastors and financial leaders, do you need expert accounting or tax help? Do you have payroll or 1099 questions? Do you need a ministry expert to help you acquire real estate for your next project? If the answer is yes, yes, and yes, visit PetraWorldwide.org. Petra Worldwide has been strengthening ministries to transform humanity since 2007. Visit PetraWorldwide.org or call 855-481-9095. My guest today is Michelle Ogden. I always enjoy having Michelle up here. I think, number one, I love the fact that you believe in the Lord as strongly as you do, and you have such a great respect for His principles and His help and the way he cares and his grace. I mean, a, 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 fun, a, a financial person doesn't always exude that, and you do. And I think that's marvelous. I mean, you're a big proponent on generosity, and that too is something that you just don't always see. So I love that. We've talked a lot, Michelle, about credit card, and we all know the traps of credit card debt. Let's talk for a moment about vehicles. Again, going back to Dave Ramsey, that's one of the first things they'll bring up with people because we have this uh, American love, and it is truly a love, for automobiles. And automobiles used to cost a brand new one 
when I was a young guy, four grand is what a, a Camaro would cost. $4,000. That's the out the, the door price. Can you imagine that? No, I can't. Yeah. Now it might be 40000 or twice that for yes. some automobiles. I, in fact, trucks. Let's talk about trucks for a moment. Those are some of the most expensive things. When I look around how many trucks are on the road, I'm shocked knowing what those trucks cost. And I remember when they were like twenty one, twenty two thousand dollars and I felt like they were so expensive. And yeah. now they're like sixty to a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> exactly. So what does a person do that they need a car? How should they approach it? What would be some of the first things you would advise a person who's telling you, I need another vehicle, I want to buy a brand new car? Well, this is such an important area because we need to be able to get to and from work. And um, reliable transportation is priceless. Oh, my goodness. Um, we've had it where we bought the beater, you know, for our daughter. Mm -hmm. And we literally spent so much money every month. It was almost like we had a car payment. But we had helped a friend, bought it from him, thought it was divinely orchestrated. <laughs> but, you know, it really is just something to get you from A to Z. You know, you just need reliable transportation. I think the reliable part is the most important. And then also, I'm not a big fan of financing it, but a lot of times people don't have enough money to buy reliable transportation, so they end up leasing or something like that. And it's really an area where you can seek guidance from God and the people that love you. Because if I ask my mom, hey, what do you think about this? And she goes, oh, I think that's a bad idea. I'm not just going to discount that. I'm That's going to you know, take root. And I'm going to go, okay, mom thought that was not wise. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to consult somebody else, you know, like my husband, another person that I know loves me. And I really feel like we're supposed to listen to those around us because we tend to be impulsive and we tend to want what we want. And remember, our mind will always align with what we want, even if it's not wise. And in the end, something may interfere with you buying that $3,000 truck or whatever it was, which was going to be a nightmare for you, <laughs> you know, and then you're just impulsive. And you, you didn't wait long enough to find out, oh, so-and-so is actually selling a vehicle, one person owner, you know, and, and maybe they'll hold a note. You don't know what God's capable of doing right. in your best interest when you wait on him and you're patient. I feel like so many times we just rush. I did that one time. Uh, Cindy and I were you know, a young couple with small children and we needed another vehicle and my long-term past had been just go out and find a deal and make the deal and make the payments and kind of just, you know, suck it up and do it. And this particular day I had a check in my heart about pulling the trigger on another loan and I started to do it, and I went so far as to make the phone call, and then I backed out. And that's probably the best thing you did. Well, I, ironically, out of the blue, uh, either that very day or the next day, I get a phone call from my father-in-law who was giving me a car. And those are the doors that we just don't give God the opportunity to open for us because we're so impulsive and we want what we want. That's yeah. a beautiful analogy. Uh, he had seen and was making a plan to get another vehicle himself. And he had one that was used and it wasn't the prettiest, but it was a workable vehicle. And he sewed it into Cindy and me. Oh, that's awesome. And, you know, we didn't have that. And uh, those kinds of things, they do this marvelous thing. You talk about just being patient. They do kind of provoke in us a willingness to say to God, I, I, I trust, you. trust you. I know you can care about me. I know you care about me more than I can think or imagine. But it takes, again, pulling the trigger in that faith, just the same way a lot of people pull the trigger on getting a loan. Yes. And even like a lease, just because you can afford the payment doesn't mean it's right, you know? And some leases are good. I leased a vehicle because I knew I needed one for about two and a half, three years. And it was great. And I was glad that I actually got an experience in a car. I'd never had a car before. But um, it worked out really well. And I actually didn't realize this, and maybe some of our listeners don't, that you can actually trade in a lease. And mm -hmm. a lot of people yeah. made money on their leases when the chips were in, you know, shortage. <laughs> a lot of people were turning them in and, and getting money back, which had never happened. But we do live in the upside down. Right. And, and you know, I know that whole upside downness is 
gotten a little bit better in recent months. Uh, how do you see it right now? Well, I mean, I'm not really in the market looking for vehicles, but it's an important purchase. So consult with the owner of your checkbook, at yeah. what he wants to buy, how he wants to provide, yeah. and, and where he guides, he provides. And he knows what you want. And sometimes he will literally deliver down to the rock, the rock star rims. That was one of my oh. husband's vehicles. <laughs> I like it. All right, let's talk about one more thing before our time ends today. And that would be the time to own a home versus the time to rent a home. And a lot of people, because of interest rates right now, uh, they're making determinations that this is not a good time to buy a house. Uh, some feel that we may never see interest rates drop back. Others say, yeah, I think we'll see it. But it's probably not going to go back down to the two somethings that we saw just a couple of years ago when they were at historic all-time lows. So with interest rates being what they are right now, how do you advise people? Well, if you want a home... Um, always be looking, you know, because the word says, you know, ask and you shall receive, right? Matthew 7, 7, knock and the door shall open. If you're always looking and asking for his guidance, then when the decision needs to be made, it will become obvious. Like, can we truly afford this? And we need to be able to afford it at the interest rate currently, not assuming and presuming that it's going to go down in the future. Mm -hmm. And that's like the most important. And you have to be united with your spouse in any decisions that you're making, but mainly leading, looking and asking, you know, is this, is this what you'd have for me, God? And he normally just in my experience exceeds our wildest dreams when we wait on him, mm -hmm. but we don't like to. <laughs> but it is not an impossible time no. to buy a home right no, now. No, it's, it's not a horrible time. I mean, there's no guarantee that the housing market's going to correct and go down. And if you're in the market to to buy a home and you're looking, you never know. I mean, something may come on the market that is. I mean, the house that we are in literally was on the market for five months. It was like it was waiting for us to just put in an offer. So yeah, I, I tend to just say lean on his guiding and continue looking because that to me is the fun part. Not everybody enjoys constantly looking to see what's available. And then also be open-minded to maybe... I'm just supposed to secure some land right now, and maybe I'm going to build a smaller house on it when it's more affordable to build, and I'm going to continue renting or staying where I'm at. Um, you just got to realize that we serve a very creative God. Are you one that would, um, before, in terms of a person building their portfolio of wealth, owning home uh, that would be income property, are you one that would believe that that's a good thing? Is it for... Only a few people, or is that something that anybody could do? It's not for everybody. I was dead set on buying a house when I was young. And so, like, when I first started Charles Schwab, I bought a house. And to me, that was like, I'm not going to throw money away on rent, and I'm going to have people rent rooms from me. And um, I, I just got into investment property recently, and it's just not for everybody because it can be stressful. And if that's something that's inside someone, like, my husband loves real estate and God's created him that way. Mm -hmm. But I really tell people just to be curious about what you are interested in Yeah, because God doesn't make mistakes and he'll guide you and he'll provide and he'll show you the way. He does that. And he always helps me through even the mistakes that I've made. And I know that he'll do that for our listeners as well. You know, when we think about all these things, it is, it is, um, kind of varied and people's reactions to life obviously going to be different from one person to the next but a lot of people that i know have uh, they've done okay on that rental thing but it, in my mind it takes a little bit of willingness to go in there and do a lot of work yourself and if people don't know how to do that kind of let's say uh organization to get things repaired because oftentimes renters don't treat property the same way that owners would. Yeah. The majority of time they don't because they rent, you know, and they, they don't respect the property as much as you would. And if you're handy and you can come in and fix things, that is definitely a huge plus yeah. versus having to hire somebody. But we have a friend literally down the street from us that, He's very handy, like MacGyver can fix anything. And he took, you know, he took the time to buy a place 
and and put it on VRBO and he's selling it now. He's like, I can't stand this. You know, I don't like this, but he had to try it in order to live with no regret. Yeah. If, if yeah. you've got an idea, well, maybe it is something you should pursue. What would be the biggest, the quickest bit of advice you could give somebody right now who's uh, maybe hearing all of this show today and thinking, okay, I, I'm such a mess. My budget is a mess. My, my uh, debt load is driving me nuts. What's the first thing they should do? I would say um, just look in the mirror and say, if I got myself into this, I can get myself out and God will help me. And uh, admit where you're weak so that he can be your strength and to lay it all out and pull it all out of the darkness. You know, all the statements, um, the credit cards, whatever, you know, you have going on and stare it in the face and say, okay, this is our starting point. And where do I want to be 12 months from today? And what does that, what does that look like each month? How much debt am I paying off? And make it manageable. Like how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. <laughs> Don't try and get out of this tomorrow. You didn't get into it overnight. That's right. So what's ahead for Ogden Wealth this year? What goals do you have in your business and helping people? Oh, my mission in life is to set the captives free. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> and uh, the area of financial management is one that holds a lot of people in bondage. And so I feel like all, all of us in the office, we're very faith-based and we want to help people envision their best life and to, you know, align their, their resources. When um, you see all the things that are going on in the world, you think of Israel, <laughs> think of uh, the, the war between Russia and Ukraine, and then you talk about our border and the troubles we're having in the United States mm -hmm. right now. What, what hope do you look for for our country? Well, I know a lot of people that make a lot of money. Um, the thing that these organizations, these charities need is donations, you know, and if we can help people be more generous and give, it's called a, a QCD, Qualified Charitable Deduction. Not only do we cut the IRS out of it, who's not a good steward, but we can give to these charities that are out there supporting, you know, everyone out in the front lines. Mm -hmm. So that's one of my big um, goals for this year is to help people um, not only feel free, but feel free to give. And I think generosity is a big part of so many people like you who help others get out of debt, help others build wealth. It's all for that real motivation so that they can give more. Yeah. And we're not called to build bigger barns. But I think of us as a vessel that God can flow mm. resources through. And when you're faithful in the little, he trusts you with much. And then you can make even a bigger impact financially on the, the charities and churches that you support. Such a delight to have you one more time, Michelle. Thank Michelle you. Ogden from Ogden Wealth. How can people get in touch with you? OgdenWealthLLC.com. Say that again? OgdenWealthLLC.com. All right. Friends, thank you for joining us today. It's been great to have you along and uh, make that budget. All right. We'll see you next time right here on Afternoons with Mike.